You're listening to the Lawyers with Purpose Practice Success Podcast, hosted by Lisa Rozier, featuring attorney Dave Zampano, along with frequent guests. Whether you're a seasoned estate planning attorney, an attorney looking to add estate planning and elder law to your existing list of practice areas, or you're just starting out, this podcast will give you a solid plan for success. Listen now as Dave and his guests share their personal journeys to practice success and the insights they learned along the way. Hello and welcome to the Practice Success Podcast. I'm Lisa Rozier, joined with Dave Zampano and special guest today, Peggy Timmel from Peggy Timmel Associates in New Albany, Indiana. Welcome, Peggy, to the show. How are you doing this today? I was going to say this morning, but it doesn't matter. It's uh, (laughs) a day is a day. I'm doing great. Uh, Things are going swimmingly other than the weather. Uh, And of course, hoping that we're on the back end of all the pandemic BS that we've had to go through, uh, but moving forward, um, being able to maintain and actually even grow a little bit through all of this. That's great. great. Growth, 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 growth. So Peggy, mm-hmm. I know Dave's probably going to jump in, but I know I've, I've known you for quite some time, but I've never really heard your, your full story of how you got to where you are today. So I'm hoping out of this conversation today that I get to learn and our listeners can learn about your successes. And, and Dave, I'm sure you have some additional comments. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm privileged that uh, I have worked with Peggy personally over the last couple of years in what's called our e-freedom program. But uh, I also remember many moons ago, Peggy, when you would come to the taper events alone and she had one and a half staff, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so again, I, I love for you to share that story for people listening, because I think you represent really so many lawyers today who have this vision of what they want, but don't know the next step or, or the journey. So maybe hearing your journey will help them. Well, and I'm actually going to, I don't know if I want to say the word correct, but I don't think I really had a vision until I got involved with Lawyers with Purpose. So I've been an attorney for 30 years, kind of went to law school because I did well on the LSAT and <laughs> it was a good way to go, you know, continue my education. Uh, out of law school, I bounced from a couple jobs, a real small private practice, where of course you do some wills and a little bit of probate, but nothing real intense. Then uh, went to a couple other practices, worked for a trust company, and um, then started practicing in Indiana with a firm that did more on the wills and trust side. Believe it or not, I was kindly told that after I finished my five-year stint, they did not want to keep me. And at that point, it was, that was the wake-up call. And I went out on my own looked at the VA, so Lawyers with Purpose does support the VA aid and attendance practice, went to one of their, uh, the VA workshops and ran into a former member of uh, Lawyers with Purpose and was invited to attend what I know now was the first meeting of Lawyers with Purpose enrollees that had not been affiliated with the prior program. And at that meeting, I met a couple great people, some of them still here, some of them moved on, new adventures, uh, and was encouraged to always attend to uh, taper and always follow the system. <laughs> and I 
said this on uh, a, a program I did uh, earlier or last month. I think when I joined Lawyers with Purpose, my annual gross revenue was probably around $130,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely nine and a half years later, easily 10 times that amount. Yeah. And so the million dollar mark heading the two million. And um, yeah, so talk about your journey. What were the struggles? What were the challenges? What were the insights along the way that stand out for you? That hindsight is 2020. Okay, so with Lawyers with Purpose, the the program, you look at it, and at first glance, it looks extremely overwhelming. And what I think the challenge is, is picking out what order to bring on all the pieces. And in fairness, I know some of that has been uh, developed since I was the initial member Mm -hmm. so that there is more of a program about when to bring the pieces in. Uh, And then when people tell you to follow the system, follow the system. So what are the pieces that you're talking about? Taking lawyers of purpose out of it. And and look, you are now an entrepreneurial attorney, right? Um, Right. The practice is doing very well. What are those pieces now for you in your practice that you focus on that maybe you didn't know to look at previously? Uh, Well, the one that we, the drafting software to me is a no brainer. I mean, if you're in estate planning practice, you need the drafting software. Where the drafting software really helped us, even though we have a couple of our own little spreadsheets we use because of our, our state, is with the whole Medicaid process and you know, identifying needs and and convincing or illustrating for the client what Medicaid could look like. Um, You know, there's always an opportunity with LWTP to modify that or with any program based on your philosophy. So while I know some of my colleagues are really give a big push to protecting all assets, that's not necessarily the way we do it. We look at it protecting the assets, but also giving the client options. Uh, you could go on Medicaid at such and such a date if you follow this, but you don't have to go on Medicaid. You may still want a private pay because you like the non-Medicaid facility better, things like that. Um, other pieces- Becoming more of a counselor. Yes, more of a counseling. Uh, and then- uh, bringing on action step, letting action step control our calendar, our billing, all of that piece, uh, our processes. We open a probate case and my paralegal knows what needs to be done. Uh, the task, we still struggle sometimes to get everybody completing uh, the task piece of the program, making sure that we enter our tasks so that if my probate paralegal is out of the office, I don't have to worry about what's missing because I can go to her calendar or her task and figure out exactly what needs to be done in her absence. I mean, that that is huge for ter- protecting me and protecting my client. Other, did you have a question? No, okay. it's okay, keep going, keep going. Okay, uh, the other thing you just, um, you know, following the system, 
because we do want to follow the system. Uh, not every piece of it is going to be for everybody. Um, and that probably came out a little wrong. I'll oh, start. It's right if it comes out for you. It's okay. Yeah. It's your story. Okay. Because, for example, one thing that I observe with a lot of my colleagues is a lot of their success is built on the relationship management system. And mine isn't as heavily dependent on that, but that's because I'm unique in the fact that I have strong relationships with the nursing home admission and business offices that, that don't need that stroking the way that other relationships do. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. what I'm hearing you say is that you don't have to work as hard at that because you already have some strong relationships that are a pipeline of referrals for you. Yes, and, and uh, I'm not real heavily dependent on the financial advisors. Right. Uh, but I do know I've also, I, I dragged my feet, dragged drug my feet a bit uh, when it came to doing things that are wildly successful for some of my colleagues, like the maintenance, um, maintenance plan. One of my colleagues told me, the, yeah. yeah, the maintenance program. We went to taper how many times when our primary goal for the next year was to implement a maintenance plan program. We finally did it. Um, I don't know that we're making huge amounts, but I know somebody else recently told me that they get about $70,000 in in January from their maintenance program. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's Almost we have some budget. firms are ready for this. Peggy. Some of our firms are 250, 350, 400 a year wow. in maintenance programs. Yeah, because they wow. started them early and they built because right? they started. It's, like, yeah. it's like an annuity, it just keeps building. The members love it, the law firms love it. Lisa, you have a question. No, I do, Peggy. I want to go kind of, I want to rewind all the way back to you said, um, I found myself faced with going out on my own. And I just want to learn, I want to hear a little bit more about that story. You know, how did you feel? What were the steps that you took to open up your new practice? How many people were with you? How long did it take before you realized you needed systems and processes? Like, tell me all about that. So it was only me. I was, you know, I went and the funny thing is I stayed in the building. I went around the corner to this really large office and I had a sister who actually came in and helped me part-time to kind of help with the clients and the filing and the organization. In my case, when I was starting to develop the relationship with the nursing homes and things and realize that I could make more by helping folks focus on Medicaid and the VA benefit. Now, I know I don't get paid for doing the VA benefit, the aid and attendance, but there are affiliated or associated documents and planning that you can do, and, and that's helpful. And it's a lost leader, they call it, right? Okay, yeah, that's a good, yeah, a lost leader. And so um, I needed, I needed the organization because I couldn't stop and keep my hands on everything. Uh, I needed the organization, and so. My sister worked part-time, then I brought somebody on full-time, and then that's when I came into connection and, and spot, fought, found out about the program, and I went to the program, and it was great, and I came to the program again, and I think I even signed up for it right then, 
but at that point I was only really doing the, uh, the drafting software. And so when I took my full-time person, I finally had one with me, there was just no buy-in, just absolutely no buy-in to the process. Um, I don't know why, because the next person involved was uh, Jessica, who is now the attorney, the other attorney in here, but she started as a paralegal. Wow. Big old backstory, but she started as a paralegal and I brought her out before she even joined the firm to see if she liked this, all of what- Well, you brought her to the taper to experience the whole- yeah, I brought you know, her to what, the taper. What the model is and all that. Yeah, because, well, because A, she's married to my cousin. So I definitely didn't want something <laughs> to start and then fall flat. So I said, why don't you come and see if this is something you would even want to be part of? And it was immediate buy-in from her. I mean, she loves the systems, loves the processes. And, you know, quite frankly, I give a a lot of my success to her pushing me into more of the processes so that I didn't get stuck with my old habits. It's so easy to do that. Yeah. So fast forward to now. So that was Uh your journey. You talked to us about your pain points, what you were figuring out. Can I capture one thing though? Yeah. I'm sitting here because I, I have just experienced a tremendous amount of pain. Let me tell you how, Peggy, you just walked me through my life, right? And I think any attorney listening today, this is the hardest challenge, I think, for lawyers. You brought that first person who had no buy-in. and fight. In fact, I think fought you quite a bit on it. Yeah. You brought this other person who saw it and instantaneously saw value. Now, I don't think I need to ask what happened to the first person versus the <laughs> second, because I know I still see Jessica and your firm has grown now. What do you got, 12, 13 people now? Yeah, I mean, we have 12. Yeah, yeah. And and so hearing that story and that success, here's the challenge, I think, for every lawyer. We become paralyzed because we become so dependent on those who work for us, right? Because they've taken stuff off our plate. So we get full of fear, like, oh, my God, what would I do if I lose her? And what we find is when you find the right people, it's the opposite. You start growing mm-hmm. because they all start to see the value and they all work in their own skill set and they're not naysayers. So I call that toleration. That first person is what we call the toleration. Right. And um, so many lawyers are tolerating that in their practices. So again, it brought back a lot of memories for me. I still, to this day, find tolerations in my practice in certain areas. Yes. And it's real easy when I see it among some of my colleagues and I want to just say, boot that person. Yeah. <laughs> need to get the right person on that seat. I know it's so much easier to say it than to do it most of the time. Oh, I will. Peggy, I'm going to throw some out and I apologize for interrupting, but you, you're saying something that's really powerful. Do you know how many times you have said in today's interview about your colleagues? And then you just said, there's so many times I want to tell my colleagues this. So what you're talking about is the community, the community yes. of people. Say a little bit about that. Like, how does that help support you and what you're doing when you have a whole community of people that are doing similar things? Um, was it the MasterCard commercial priceless? Um, because I was encouraged by my first coach to bring my team to taper. And I have brought my team to taper 
every time. And and to a certain extent, I, I feel um, I'm not, I wish that the people who have joined in the last two years, I hope most of them, if not all of them, can come to taper because the live, community, yeah. yeah, live taper, because the community building, the interaction, uh, one thing that has helped my team, you know, my Medicaid paralegal can reach out to other Medicaid paralegals. My client services coordinator can reach out to client services coordinators. Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it in a long term, but if something happened to my drafter and I needed to reach out to a colleague firm and say, hey, could you help me with two or three clients? I, I feel like I would probably get people in, in our group that would say, sure, no problem. Um, it, it's just that strong and being able to bounce all ideas, whether they're process ideas, where, whether they're, um, you know, how did you go ahead and build your client ideas, even legal. I mean, as the attorney, that's important. What do we do from a legal point of view? How is that working? Um, we, we seem, and, and a lot of it's thanks to you, Dave, that, we tend to be on top of any changes in the law that are really going to affect our clients. And I, I definitely couldn't have gotten that on my own. That's for sure. Uh, I'm just, A, I'm not that person. I'm not that person that likes to do legal research about you know, developing items. Jessica can do it. I'm, that's just not who I am. You're um, the relationship person. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would say that's the other thing that I really appreciate um, for all of my team members. It helps going through the processes and the enrollment and uh, it, it helps my team members all focus on their unique abilities or their skill sets uh, to make sure that they a manage what they're easy at managing comfortably, but then they also tackle those things that I'm sorry, it's part of your job and yeah. they have to do it. So. Well, Lisa, I'm going to ask for maybe a five minute extension here because I think, I think Peggy has one more thing to talk about that might be relevant. And then and that is, golden nugget. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. The golden nugget is Peggy. Most people uh, aren't familiar, but you are about e-freedom. E-freedom. And uh, we talk about is the entrepreneurial freedom program. And Currently, there's five members in the e-freedom program. You happen to be one of them. Um, what's your advice to someone? Again, no one knows what e-freedom is. Maybe you can give a 30-second on what e-freedom means to you and like where it fits for those people who are trying to figure out what they want for their life in the next year, three years, five years, 10 years, like how this played into your whole story. So first would be the recognition that... Uh, e-freedom is going to be different for uh, the attorney based on their firm, based on their long-term outlooks. Uh, my purpose for e-freedom is because at my age, I want to know that I can set up a transition to Jessica uh, that's very smooth and where she doesn't have to be bothered with the operations pieces of it. The, the, the how to manage the law firm piece of it, how to control the budget and all of that. So 
Uh, E-Freedom is a program that is coaching me on how to develop a, a person on my team that can take those responsibilities that an owner might otherwise have. So I selected uh, a person in my office that has the skill set. I mean, quite frankly, even the choosing process was, was assisted by the, the trainers uh, that part of joining this program. And she is taking over a lot of the responsibilities that I may have otherwise had. Uh, hiring, I mean, we're hiring people, uh, looking at my budget so that I don't have to take it step by step, um, being involved in the client numbers. Are we gonna make our goal this month? Uh, what do we need to make our annual goal if we don't make it this month, our monthly goal? Those types of things. Um, that give me the opportunity where I want to do it is I want to develop the opportunity to actually take more clients in the, the beginning stages of the process. That, that is where I have a huge comfort level um, that I can bring people in, identify their needs, I probably do a little bit more counseling than a lot of my colleagues, but that's comfortable. The LWP process lets me do that. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, I'm talking about med um, assisted living versus skilled care versus in-home care type of thing that I do. Um, but having, and it's Rachel in my office, having Rachel be able to take the lead on issues that I might have otherwise had to deal with um, is really good. I mean, to the extent uh, a couple of weeks ago, an issue came up. And when I had to deal, it was about Medicaid people needing more help. And when I had to deal with it, I was like really surprised that it hadn't developed on Rachel's side. But part of that's on me because I still need to make sure she's empowered to do things and to take those yeah. steps. Um, yeah. I think that's the key essential. And, you know, it's funny looking your journey, you know, you know, here it starts with first, you got to get profitable, cons consistent profitability to certain numbers that we know go with certain model law firms, then getting to the robust level, which where you build your, what's called director of operations. Remember those days, who's my yes. DO, my director of operations, the freedom level is who's the law firm leader. Who's the one that's taking responsibility for the vision and the, you are always, as the owner, the visionary. The law firm leader is the executioner. They execute on that vision. And that's really what you're trying to set up for Jessica. Right. Um, and that's, that's the freedom. So that the firm entrepreneurially runs by itself, subject to the lawyer's competence uh, and the marketing comments. So, Peggy, it's been a great journey with you. I, I, I love seeing, I, you know, your personal development along the way. You're, you're, you know, you hit that. The big six old this year. And I said that only because you said at your stage of life, you want to know you could transition. So yeah. again, this is for all people at all ages uh, to have something. And we've had many lawyers uh, sell their practices. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Susan Honor in Indiana uh, to had a paralegal who went to law school who now bought her firm her from practice. her. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the evolution when you have a systematized practice. So uh, anything in closing you would like to share with any lawyer? Um, who, you know, is thinking about their practice in the short term and the long term. 
you know, what, what cryptic words of wisdom would you provide me? The first thing I would say, it's not going to work if you don't make it work. Or if you don't work the program, it's not going to work. And um, I know, I've again, watching people, I've seen uh, colleagues take longer than they should have, especially, I didn't convert really. I just kind of built on an estate planning and added. Uh, so it's not like I went out of corporate or out of real estate, but I think you need to get to a point where you, you're either all in or you're managing it in a different way. Uh, if you want to keep to your. You find a way to make it work for you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, Peggy, thank you. It's, it's always a joy. When it's always great when you see the student uh, come yeah. and outperform the teacher, it's a, it's a great thing that we always try to do. And I, I you've been a perfect example of that. And a, and well, a thanks. true, true uh, member of the community, always there for other people who haven't, you know, who haven't gone on the journey as much as you. You're always here to tell them, hey, look, I get it. Been there, done that. Hang in there, make it your own, and and, mm -hmm. and, and keep focused. So I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Yeah. Lisa, right. I'll take you for wrap. Well, Peggy and Dave, thank you for joining us today. And for those of you that want to learn more about Peggy, you can go to TimmelAssociates.com. And as always, you can listen to additional episodes of other successful members, uh, insights about um, some of the tools that we have at Lawyers of Purpose. And we also have non-members uh, bringing their insights about their, their journey as attorneys. Um, so thank you. Again, it's the Practice Success Podcast, and you can always check us out at lawyersofpurpose.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Practice Success Podcast. Visit www.lawyerswithpurpose.com slash podcast to listen to other episodes and to subscribe. We'll see you next time.